we don't have time for this. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we make this podcast, the Garigal and the Garamangal people. We pay our respects to all First Nations elders, past, present and emerging. Kicking off today with a random fact of the day. Oh yeah, right. My favourite thing. Uh, we'll preface this by saying it is not as useful as how to teach your kids to whistle. Oh, because that changed my life. Changed everyone's lives. I know. Okay. <laughs> I just love random bits of information. So, Revzy, mm. when reciting the alphabet, oh, fuck's sake. your lips only touch four times. Cool. <laughs> this is the difference. I'm waiting to be blown away. <laughs> the stark difference between you and I is that you go zero fucks given and I go, oh, interesting. I'm going to go through the alphabet and try and work out which are the letters where my lips touch. Really? Yep. You're going to do that. No, I did that when oh. I first read this and I found it interesting. And I, I don't thought- think this show should be called We Don't Have Time for This. I think it should be called What We Choose to Do With Our Time. What do you mean? I once told you about a six minute meditation and you went six minutes. But how long did it take to work out how many times your lips touch when you say the alphabet? Well, I mean, B is I'm the second letter with of the alphabet. A, B. <laughs> so you're like, point made. I'm like, second Gem, letter. Gem, did you know when you turn on the tap, you only use four of your five fingers? Cool. <laughs> I would ponder on that. I don't even know if that's true. I'm just trying to show you how. Oh, no, it's completely false. But I would ponder on it. Like, I love random facts. I did, and I went through to test the theory, and I was like, story checks. This random fact of the day is accurate. There are four letters in the alphabet where your lips touch. So when we got in here this morning and you're like, I've got something for the start of the show, and I was like, great, this is it? Yep. Let's start the episode. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Kate Reeves. Hello. Sorry, I was sipping coffee. I'm quite tired. Why are you tired, Unexplained. Babe? Unexplained tired. I have no reason to be tired. I feel like that is just being a parent. Is it my iron levels? Oh, come is on. my thyroid all right? Is it your hormones? Do I have long COVID? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It could be freaking anything. It's all right. The coffee will sort you out. Let's hope so. So last week's episode got a lot of love yes. from our DLs. Yes. One of our DLs referred to it as a mixed platter. <laughs> It's a, a veritable charcuterie. Yes. Of, we don't have time for this. Bit of a smorgasbord. <laughs> smorgasbord. Apologies for the whiplash. I have to say, DLs, can I? I'm so grateful that you guys are on board with how mine and Rebs's brains work because we do dart around yes. from topic to topic. We're not good at staying on task, but no. also we like conversations to flow freely. And if we're really honing in on a topic by chance, then we just really want to investigate it further unapologetically without time frames, blah, blah, blah. So it was a longer app and the DLs liked it. Yeah. And in fact, one particular DL said, no, 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 no. Don't you dare declare, oh, it's coming up to the end of the hour. Let's wrap it up. Keep it going. Well, Jim, this is interesting. How do you feel about that? Because you've always been like, keep it wanting more. I'm sorry I have a podcast. i got to get out of here. Oh, God, it's 56 minutes. And I'm always like, well, it's cool because it's flowing. Like, where you got to be, you know? I like the challenge of consistency. No. Fuck, fuck off. No, there's truth to I it. I like the challenge of consistency is I a do. mask for I don't think people really like me and I shouldn't have a podcast and I'm an imposter and it has to end before the hour so I can feel comfortable. Facts. <laughs> I like the challenge of consistency. No, that's not true. <laughs> okay. Do you know what it is? No, you don't. No, you don't. You literally just said that. We like darting around doing different things all the time. Consistency is key. Bullshit. Allow me to be honest. <laughs> Permission granted. I'll admit 
that I think that if we go over the hour, it's like, who do you think you are? Yeah. Eating into more than an hour of my day. And then I go, agreed. Yeah. Who do we think we are? I think Jem's biggest anxiety when we were creating the show for the tour last year was that we would go one minute over 90 minutes. I was like, a neat 90. <laughs> she kept saying, a tight 90 <laughs> minutes. Tight. And then when one of the venues, you amazing chicks, were just clogging the bar. <laughs> And we were not able to start on time. I thought Jem was going to break out in hives. Yeah, I had a like, it has to end at 9.30. <laughs> I like a well-oiled machine. Okay. I like a tight ship. Anyway, this is not a shit on Jem hour. No, not a minute longer. <laughs> we had a follow-up. We did. So DLs who listened to last week, you'll know that we wax lyrical about narcissism and voice notes. And I mentioned... Foolishly or brilliantly, <laughs> depending on how you feel, that some people are good at voice noting while others are wafflers. Now, I may have mentioned a girlfriend of mine overseas, Amelia, and uh, she sent me this voice note reply <laughs> because I forget she's a DL. She's like the DL. I know. But okay. I still forget. And this is what she sent. Oh, my God. How am I ever, ever going to leave you a voice note ever again? In voice note form. And then she followed it up with another voice note. So now she's voice noting in streams of consciousness. That's the only way I like them. But anyway, here we go. Listen, maybe I secretly actually would love to have my own podcast. And maybe that's what I'm trying to do. And you are my audience of one. And I get to hear all of your life updates. And everything gets one-sided because yes. I hear everything, which I know isn't actually probably everything that's going on. But I feel like I get so much of an update that I've got to give you my own podcast update back. <laughs> and maybe that's why you get long, drawn-out like conversations with people for exactly that reason. Everyone gets to hear so much about what's going on in your life that they're like, better fill you in on mine. Actually, that's very fucking narcissistic. So I'm sorry, uh, but maybe that's the heart of the issue. Um, Preach. She's right. I would love mm. an hour an hour 10, Gem. <laughs> <laughs> Updates from my mates yeah. because it's the same. Not to make this the most niche conversation ever, <laughs> but yes, I get when I run into people or see mates I haven't seen in a long time, if they listen to the podcast, mm -hmm. they're like, so, oh my God, San Fran sounded amazing. And I'm like, how the fuck are you? Yes. It is very one-sided. So I would love to get long, winded, windy, waffly, go on forever, one-sided podcasts from my mates. Mm -hmm. I would never expect them to carve out the time to do that, but I would <laughs> appreciate it. And I think you're looking a gift horse in the mouth with Amelia because I don't think you want her to stop sending you those voice notes. No, I actually replied with, no, babe, that's not what I meant. Apology, apology, apology. Ah, Sorry for existing. Cancel me as your friend. <laughs> and uh, urged her to continue them because I do enjoy them. And look, we have been been told several times by friend DLs, mm. friends who are in our inner circle who are listeners, who say, oh, the amount of times I want to rebut oh, yeah, they or hate it. intercept yep. They're yelling at their phones. They are. Mm. And uh, I agree with you, Revs. It is a hard unrelate yep. for most of our DLs, but I also would appreciate more of an update on our mates. Yep. And it bothers me that I know nothing about what's going on in their lives and they know close to everything. Can I just add to Amelia's point, though? Mm. She is right. The podcast is not everything. God, I have so much shit going on that I can't and won't put on this podcast. So please, catch-ups. Yes. <laughs> we did have a proper FaceTime after that. Did you schedule it in? We didn't. She actually called yeah. me on the random. She's a queen. And she actually voice noted me to let me know, you know what, I'm just going to call you. Great. I'm just going to try you. And she called and I answered and we chatted while I did my makeup before a meeting. Great. All's well that ends well. It is. I have to tell a quick story. Go on. The funniest thing happened, just piggybacking on the theme of male fragility from last week. Mm -hmm. So I bought a giant mirror, like giant, very okay. big, 50 kilos. Damn. How did you get that up your three flights of stairs? I paid for the courier to bring it up the stairs. Okay. Another $50. <laughs> anyway. Feels worth it. Uh, now I do own a drill now, but I can't hang a 50 kilo mirror. Who can? There are limits <laughs> to my amazing boss bitch energy of owning a drill. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, okay, I have to get an air tasker to come and hang this for me. So I was like, cool. I have all the specs and dimensions of this mirror. 
So I put it on Airtask and I said, it's 50 kilos. This is the size of it. I even put a picture of it. I put the, you know, how they give you like a spec drawing. Mm -hmm. Put that up there. I I notice that Airtaskers almost demand pictures now. Do they? Yes. Okay. Well, I had pictures. I put a picture of the wall. I said, it's not Jiprock. It's the other one. Cement, whatever. I don't know. Plaster. It's plaster wall. I gave all the info. And then because I've had issues with this before, I'm like, and I live on a main road. There is parking at this place. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, and I'm up two flights. I'm up two flights of stairs with no lift because I just don't want to hear their bullshit. Mm. They're like, oh, this must keep you fit. I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's no lift. Like everyone, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> so... This is why I need Airtaskers all the time. So a guy answered my ad. He's like, yeah, I'm a local, can be around there today. Music to my ears because I do like to get these things done or I never do them. So so true. Yeah. I don't it's do like, it that day. There's a hyper-focus yep. in paying someone else to be hyper-focused. <laughs> yes. I'm like, this hyper-focus window is closing. Yep. And if you don't come in the next three hours, that mirror, it. that mirror is leaning against the wall in a box for three to five business years. <laughs> so that's what's going to happen. So he turns up. He is the most beautiful man I've seen in a long time. Frost. Very attractive person. Mm. Piercing blue eyes. Can we have an age bracket? Uh, 45? Oh, not what I was expecting. But like, whoa, right? Okay. Then he's like, uh, hello for having me. I'm oh. like, oh my God, he's fucking French. Stop it. What the fuck? Mm. So this gorgeous French air tasker is at my door and I'm like, come on in, sir. And I'm like, here it is. And he goes, Ooh, mm, mm. No. <sighs> Lots of air sounds coming out of his plosive mouth. And I'm like, oh, okay, so he's beautiful, but I sense an issue. He starts putting his hands on his hips and like tutting. Mm. Looking at my wall. And I'm like, I left no info out. So mm. I'm like, here we fucking go. I could tell it was going to be an issue already. He puts down his tools. He goes to lift up the mirror and he's like straining like he's going to throw out his back. He's like, and he goes, I'm like, okay, okay. Like suddenly I've got the I know it's a big mirror, but this performance is Oscar worthy. I go, "Uh, do you need anything? He goes, I don't know. know. I have to, uh, this is a very big job. Did you lose your lady boner at this point? Oh, uh, look, yeah. I would. I was like. I'd be like, you were beautiful to look at and now you're annoying me. Yeah. I've got the ick. I was like, please leave. I'm going to go to the kitchen and let you handle this. Mm. I can't watch this fucking <laughs> performance. Whatever this is. <laughs> I can't watch it. So I went to the kitchen and he was, excuse me, Kate. And I was like, yeah. He's like, like literal hot air coming out of this man. I'm finding the ASMR a little bit intense, but yeah. can, do continue. He's like, uh, uh, this is a two person job. And I was like, no okay. shit, Sherlock. And I was like, okay. And he's like, uh, you know, I did, I knew it was big, but I did not know how big it was. And I'm like, well, you did know how big it was because I wrote the dimensions, the weight. The, I gave you a picture. I told you the wall. I even told you where to park, motherfucker. Mm. Like, how is this my fault? And he's like. Air your task. <laughs> yeah, task that air. <laughs> and he, and he's like. Ugh. And just kept tutting with his hand on his hip, looking at me to come up with a solution. And but I was just like, like, you know what? I'll call my mate Barry <laughs> down the road. I don't know why I hired you, but Barry will come. And I was like, in what world yeah. is this now my problem? Do you not understand this exchange? Mm. I, I post it, I pay you money and you do the thing. That's the exchange. Mm. Not this huffy, puffy, what do you want? And I was like, is he trying to get more money out of me? No. Because I'm not like, I was just like, what is going on? And I was like, okay, what do you propose? And just like looked at him and he goes, well, I could call a friend, but he has not called me back. And then by the time we split the fee, it's not really worth it for me. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And I was like, uh, okay. And I was like, so do you want to come back another time? And he goes, ah. Uh, I, you know, I do not know. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, you know, do you want to just cancel the task? And I just kept saying, if it can't be done, it can't be done. Like get out of my house. Just make a fucking decision get and out of leave. My house. Anyway, this is just like such a beautiful person attitude to life. Mm. You know, I was like, he's just walked in here with his gorgeous eyes and his useless toolkit and his huffy puffy attitude and been like, it is not how I want it to know. I just uh, you were going to solve this for me. I bet he's moved through the world. I people I need, solving shit for him. I don't know. I need you to unpack this a little more, Revzy. Well, let me finish the story okay. and then let's see. All so right. I'm like, she's on a roll. So we agree. He's like, can you cancel it? And I was like, 
in my mind I was thinking, do I get penalised? What mm. happened? I was like, sure, I'll look at the app this afternoon. He goes. I'm like, ugh. So I open the app and I'm like, no, it's fine. I don't get penalised for cancelling it. If he agrees on his end, it just cancels it. He had to come out and that's annoying, but I don't feel bad because, as I've said, I gave him all the information. So we cancel it. I repost the task because, you know, as I said, window of... Oh, it's narrowing. <laughs> We've got an hour yeah, until <laughs> I'm over this mirror and selling it on Marketplace. And making it someone else's problem. Someone else's problem. I'm, already it's too much. <laughs> so... Repost the task. I get another guy. He's like, hi, I can come tonight. Here's my info. Check out my review. I was like, great. Yes, come. Wait, you didn't comment and go, just an FYI, it might be a two-person job. I did. Okay, yes. good. I DM'd. I said, someone came out, said it's this, it weighs 50 kilos. He goes, no, it's fine. I'll be there at 4.30 or whatever. I'm nervous about where this story is going. He knocks on my door. I open the door. Tiny little Asian man. <laughs> he comes in with his tools. He gives it one look. He goes, ooh. And I'm like, do you, I'm like, do you need anything? And he goes, all good. I go to the kitchen and then he's like, uh, excuse me, Kate. I'm like, yes. He's like, all done. It's on the wall. <laughs> and I was like, well, blow me down. <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much. He's like, all good. <laughs> like he was like looking at me like I was crazy because I was so grateful. I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Anyway, I gave him a tip. <laughs> And I was like, do you want a coffee or do you need any water? He's like, all good. He had time to packed spare. Packed You're up like, his kit. He was in and out five minutes. Yeah. My mirror looks gorgeous. And I was just like, yeah. Beautiful person energy. Beautiful person energy. <laughs> just everything's a little too hard and whingy and humpy. You know, <laughs> this little efficient dude. And he comes, vroom, vroom, gone. Mm. <laughs> like, And I tipped him. Because I want his, the way he moves through the world to be nice and easy. Yes. Because <laughs> he is giving out that energy to the world, you know? Anyway, fascinating little story, I thought. What's your theory on really, really, really good looking people being bad in bed? This is my whole life philosophy. Yeah. They usually are because they never had to be good. Mm. They didn't have to try yeah. to attract anyone. Yeah. Women or men fawn on them and because they move through the world with ease as in everything's just a little easier because people are just a little more open to them mm. they don't learn that like oh you got to earn some things <laughs> and they don't have it yeah they don't have any trouble pulling yeah and I think if you think like oh people are just smiley and happy and nice to me all the time when you're in bed you're thinking oh she'll love it <laughs> <laughs> or he'll love it this will be great you know, they just have a, like a certain way of moving through life that's just a little easier. Whereas D us normies know we got to put in a bit of effort. DLs, I remember Revs once dated what you would call a quintessential attractive man. For context, Gem and I don't have the same taste in men. We've never, ever been attracted to the same guy. She's a Hemsworthy type. I'm a dad bod type, you know. Sure. How it goes. But there was a guy that you dated once who explicitly asked you to tell him... <laughs> how good he was. Now, I find this interesting. It's made me it's laugh. It's your favourite story. It is because it's so cringy. Like yeah. I can't imagine in the middle of whatever deed you're doing and this hunk of a man is like. He was like objectively beautiful. Yes, this is why I say this mm. because mm. the story checks, right? Yeah. But the insecurity mm. of his male fragility mm. in the throes of passion, mm. he needed you to tell him yes. how good he was. Well, specifically, what was the wording? Out with it. I won't do the accent. Don't do the accent. <laughs> Don't out him that much. I can't even say it. Just say it. Do you want me to say it? I feel sick. Do you want me to say it? He said, this is verbatim. I know I want to do it with the accent too, nope. but I won't. Nope. Anonymity. Okay. Show me how much you love my body. Yeah. I was like, don't you think I would if I did? <laughs> <laughs> Is this something we have to ask? And no shade to anyone's kinks. If you like dirty talk, great. I, I, get it. I enjoy a little it bit of dirty talk. It wasn't dirty talk. He wasn't wanting me to describe anything. He wanted me to just like worship him. Yes. Physically worship him. But what I find curious, Revzy... <laughs> Is one of your receiver love languages. Yes. Is words, words of, of affirmation. affirmation. Yeah. And yet here is this man, mid-sex. Asking for affirmation. Asking for affirmations and you got the ick over it. By the way, it's not Americano in case you think that's what the accent no, was. No, I, I was clear. She loves an international rogue. <laughs> My girlfriends do call me UN. <laughs> she loves. 
exit. <laughs> I'm collecting passports. Don't, what can I say? Don't live overseas, Revs. Just uh, work your way Just through. Just bring them to me. <laughs> oh, it, the mind boggles. Honestly, it's the thing that surprises me most about you. What? Your taste in men. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it does. It surprises me. The international flavours? Yes. When I think about your early dating history, mm. it's very different to your latter years dating history and it just surprises me. Look, I'm, yes, can we not evolve? You've definitely evolved. It's just a coincidence. Do you think? It's just a coincidence. I don't know that it is. Well, it's not that I'm not attracted to Aussie guys. Mm. I just like the ones I've like really been with have happened to not be Aussie. Yeah, but there's a lot of pitfalls that come with dating someone from overseas. Like I've got a lot of friends who are married Mm -hmm. to someone from overseas and there's challenges there, especially when you have kids together and then you have to figure out where to root yourselves (laughs) Root yourselves, Uh, where to lay some roots uh, for your future and long-term life and all that kind of stuff. It's tricky. Yeah, it is. And yet... And I would be fearful if either of my children ended up with someone from overseas. Exactly. Just selfishly. You married someone from overseas. I did. So you did, you know, more than a decade of Mm -hmm. being with that person and there were challenges uh, with him being from Scotland. Not him personally, but the situation and the circumstances. And then you proceeded to date more international people. and I. Incidents. I don't know because I didn't say nah. I'm not dating Aussies. <laughs> like I didn't rule them out. No, I know you didn't. But I felt like the challenges of dating someone overseas would be enough to turn you off, opening yourself up to the possibility or the opportunity of that again. Yeah, you no. know. But not you. No. I actually question if you are attracted to homegrown Aussies. I will men. say. Oh God. I don't think. How it's- many episodes in a row do we want to get cancelled? <laughs> I I do like about different cultures mm-hmm. because sometimes I feel a little fish out of water in the Aussie laid backness. Oh, okay. Because I'm not so for example, I really like British culture mm-hmm. and the cultural life of Britain. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I remember when I first went home to Scotland to meet all my in-laws, I remember there was like a story on the front page of the newspaper that was about a theatre show, you know, in London when the Times or whatever. And I was mm. like, I love this. And I do love that. So like, I like adopting people's cool cultures that I feel, you know, that I'm into. Just the cool bits. Just the cool bits. I don't want the toxic bits. Fuck off. I do like that. But also Aussie men, they are. She's being so delicate. Because I know you're all married to them. Like, I get it. But Aussie men aren't like fourth row. <laughs> Not all Aussie men. I'm, I can't say it. I know. I know. They what don't you're have to say. the throwdown, and they're like, we don't date in Australia, like pretty much everywhere else in the world. It's kind of like, yeah, cool, maybe. Let's not define it. Mm, you but, know. But don't you think the language of dating is becoming more universal? Like, I yes. feel like you know, with social yes. media, whatever, the world is yes. becoming smaller. We are getting influence. Like, I feel like waterfall dating, for example, mm. is was exclusive to America, but yeah. now I hear about it happening in Australia. Yes. And, you know, I dated a Frenchman, well, a couple of years ago, who, yeah, he was very much like, no, in France we date exclusively from the jump. And I was like, well, you're in Sydney, <laughs> so mm. we don't. And he was like, oh, no, I would never date two people at once. And I'm like, oh, fascinating. And I did check that with a friend of ours who's married to a Frenchman. She's like, yeah, yeah. But then they take mistresses later. <laughs> against the cliche I'm not gonna lie I'm They're surprised all, and that is it they are all just cliches they just feel so Machiavellian but imagine know? if someone was dating you and they're like well she's Australian so you can't make those assumptions you about individual can't. people but like you know I have a few really good American friends and I really do identify with a lot of my partner's Americanness in like I love American ambition I like how they're direct like I like a lot of those okay, things let me ask you this then with yeah. Americano is his Americanness mm. attractive to you or are you just attracted to him the person and mm. it, he just so happens to be American and then you can cherry pick the cool bits out of it, the American culture that you yeah. love and directly apply it to him and go that's what makes him extra great well it's funny that it only lasts for a bit someone's yeah. where they're from and yeah. then they're just them you know mm. but like yes in the initial stages of dating it's interesting yeah. like it would be interesting if they were from the country and they grew up on a farm you know like it's like oh so how was that like yeah. it does it does give a certain spice to the 
getting to know you phase. But ultimately then they're, they're just them. Yes, but there's something about where you were born and where you were raised mm-hmm. that it makes them inherently them. Like yeah. I've got a girlfriend yeah. who's married to a country boy mm-hmm. and he is that homegrown. Yeah. He reeks of that country boy charm, like he's mild-mannered and gorgeous and gentle and kind. Salt of the earth. Yes. Yep. And so story checks. Yes. Yeah. But it's not like I'm like, oh, no, I won't date Australian men. Mm. It is actually just a coincidence, yeah. I think. But also, hey, maybe there's a Venn diagram of divorcees being international because of the challenges that were in my dating pool. Yes. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad I've ended up with my American. I Good. love him very much. Not but, to throw uh, my husband under the bus, but. <laughs> it wouldn't be Tuesday if we didn't. <laughs> well, he admitted to me that having an Australian accent really worked for him in America. Oh, that's well known. Mm. That is well known. Yeah, he said American girls loved it. Yeah. He said I would just open my mouth and say a sentence. They'd be like, are you Aussie? But also, I love your accent. I bet American girls were really direct and could do a lot of the dating for him. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I feel like Aussie girl, Aussie bloke, it's like it's so chill. It's asleep sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like really lying down. Oh, my God. I just obviously, yeah. I know we are, DLs, I feel like I need to say this. We are grossly generalising here. Obviously. Obviously. And I have dated lots of Aussies in my time, mm. you know. Um, I love lots of Aussie blokes. I'm not against them. I feel like I'm having to defend my UN status. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? My daughter's random and rogue moments of jealousy. Oh, jealousy. Yeah, jealousy is an interesting one. I kind of want to unpack it a little bit with you, Revzy, because it's a semi-alien concept to us, but I understand that it's part of being a human. Yes. It's in many people's human experience and it doesn't make you a bad person no, if you experience jealousy. very real human emotion. Yes. But for new listeners, we have talked about this before, in the list of challenges that Gemini face. Of which there are many. Of which there are many. Jealousy is not something that's like on top of the list for either of us. Yeah, we- and it's funny, like when we do AMAs, we do often get the question, do you ever get jealous of each other? Yeah. And we genuinely don't. We just don't. And we're also not jealous in romantic relationships. Never. We don't fixate on old partners no. or like, and I count that as lucky. I don't yeah. think that's a skill. I haven't cultivated that. I haven't worked on that. I just don't feel those feelings. I can't imagine how hard that would be actually being in a best friendship with someone and you had the same taste or magnetism mm. towards men. Like mm. I, I would find that that would be hard Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think jealousy and I've got a very dear friend and it is top of her list of challenges. Really? Yes. She has extreme jealousy. And does she own it? Yep, she owns it. She works really hard on it, but it it does show up in romantic relationships and friendships in professional relationships. It's very hard for her. Mm. She has to keep a real eye on it. I 100% believe it is a very real human emotion. Well, on what you were saying about keeping a real eye on it, I feel like I have to keep an eye on it for Raph a Mm. little bit. And I feel a little bit out of my depth as a parent because I'm not quite sure how to assist her. Okay. I have given her the language of jealousy. Like I've said to her, oh, honey, you're just feeling jealous of your brother. Mm. And now she can actively and consciously say, I'm feeling jealous. Great. Which I think is fabulous Amazing. for her to have that ownership. So a small example, which I've shared on the potty before, was I did a full refresh of Iggy's room. He moved to his big boy bed. I got him new bits of furniture, full makeover and a reveal for Iggy. And Rafa really struggled that there was a lot of attention on Iggy mm-hmm. and she was acting out and crying and she didn't have the language. So I gave her the word jealous. So now she can articulate it and verbalize it, which is great. But... I recently took Iggy, he's just turned four last month, to his four-year-old vaccinations. Now, (laughs) not where you thought this was going, but stay with me. I want to get vaccinated against men in (laughs) Jakokul. You're not wrong. No. So of all the things I thought I was going to worry about, taking Iggy, my sweet, delicate, gorgeous little boy Iggy, who was riddled with anxiety because I didn't mm. want to spring the immunization. Hey, yes. look at you. I know. I'm trying to be Good a better parenting. Pa- Thank you. I had you and the DLs. Can we get a round of applause, <laughs> Editor Marley, please? Please drop uh, some applause in. 
Good parenting, Look, Gemma. <laughs> I heard all the DLs collectively <laughs> saying, don't spring shit on him, give him warning. Dude, the internet aunties were freaking out for Iggy. I we know. were all very concerned. And did he not surprise us all? Um, he had some resilience. He worked it out. <laughs> Girlfriend. <laughs> no. We digress. Anyway. Okay. So in the lead up, I said, look, Iggy, today you're going to have a needle. They call it needle. You know, yeah, they yeah. play with their doctor's key. You're have a and he's like, oh, but will it hurt instant yep. anxiety yep. rush and dump? He was like asking all the questions. How long will it hurt? Now, in the waiting room, Rafa was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, Iggy, it really doesn't hurt that much. Like, And then she would like f- sort of faux pinch his skin and she's like, it's like that. And then and then it's done. Yeah. It doesn't hurt at all. I promise, Iggy, like you've got this, like being the amazing supportive yep. sister. And I was like, how the fuck is he going to go? Now, when I think back to Iggy's journey of immunizations, there's actually a big gap between Huge. two and four. So by the time they turned four. 18 months and four. Yeah, it's a yeah, long time. It's a long yes, time. It's a long time because I was like, shit, it's been a while. Now, when I think back to all the vaccinations that he had prior, huge tears, big emotion, needed his bunny, needed lots of comfort and cuddles, like very different to Rafa. Again, those were his needs. Happy to meet them with lots of cuddles and patience with his crying. So I I personally was feeling a little bit anxious as a mum taking him to this, but I had Rafa, a bit like Isla, Mm -hmm. cheerleading her brother. So I thought, great. Then we walk into the nurse's office. I did not anticipate that me and the nurse would spend the entire time managing Rafa's feelings because she had a stage 20 meltdown that she wasn't getting the needle. And, of course, the nurse is saying, well, I can't give you a needle. And she's like, why can't I have – why does Iggy get to have what – you know, and I can see this nurse, like (laughs) – Almost in a state of disbelief. She's like, this was not on today's bingo card. <laughs> it definitely, and I could imagine her going home to her partner and going, well, in my 20 years. I thought I'd seen it Working all. as a registered nurse, never in my life have I had a five-year-old drop their bundle over not getting a needle. <laughs> and then she's like placating Rafa with like, do you want stickers? Do you want a lollipop? And I'm like, how about a colonoscopy? <laughs> that do this is about Iggy like I was so thrown meanwhile Iggy's just patiently sitting on my lap just waiting just for his quietly needle. managing his own anxiety while I'm trying to calm oh my god okay well we need to know how it ended Iggy didn't cry the bravery on this boy like Aww. you know how you have such different types of pride for your yeah, kids yeah. like with Rafa it'll be like her learning to do a backflip into the foam pit and I'm like <laughs> I'm so proud of you and yeah. with Iggy it's the bravery on his face as he took a needle and proceeded to not cry like I was so proud of him and of course it's not me shaming crying no, like, no, 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 no. if he cried it would have been fine but I saw progress yeah in that his... he he could handle it yes yeah because, because you briefed him yes I briefed him but also that's <laughs> what you want for your kids yeah right like you want them to be able to cope with what comes at them with things that have to happen yes and that was it I did a lot of explaining of like I don't like needles either Iggy Mm. but we have to do these things thank Christ you'll never have to do a pap smear (laughs) Iggy yeah (laughs) you lucky bastard (laughs) don't worry Raph you've got plenty of things in your future (laughs) so okay so back to Raph's jealousy this is so not where I thought this was going I know. has it shown up in other areas or is it usually centered around her brother almost exclusively always centered okay, so around it her doesn't brother. hang come up with friends or at school or no. daycare or and like it's surprising like for example if she has to go to another friend's birthday party she's the one picking out the present wrapping it can't wait to write the card can't wait to give the gift yep. you know can't wait to play co-host at their party <laughs> And help hand out. <laughs> like, so you. I know. She's, she's a real team player in that sense. As soon as it's Iggy's party or the opening of his birthday present, she really struggles. And I wonder if she can let out these raw emotions because it's a safe space. Yep. I don't know. I just don't get the feeling she's suppressing or burying jealousy. At other times. Yes. Yeah. In, the, com- in the company of her own friends. Well, kids are unfiltered, They're right? They're not good at suppressing much. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Yet. Okay. So it's obviously a jealousy issue with the focus on her within the family mm. or against Iggs. 
Ooh. I mean, I mean, obviously, mm. like as a firstborn, do I need to get on my firstborn soapbox again? Go on then. No, are you, you subsequent borns oh, yeah. <laughs> always eye roll like, oh, little pity party for the firstborn. I don't feel sorry for you. Do you want to understand your daughter or not? I do. Okay. All so right. listen up. All right. Therapist. I'm just going to say. Therapy with Kate Revs. Okay. okay. <laughs> you yourself will admit that like Rafa annoys you more than Iggy. Like Iggy's cute and vulnerable. I don't, I don't, I don't want her to discover this on the podcast if she ever decides to okay, listen to it. You've her. got bigger problems <laughs> if she discovers the podcast, which she will one day. <sighs> you know, like Rafa is your firecracker that, yes, you don't have to worry about as much, but also, you know, gets under your skin, gets on your nerves. Like she takes up bigger parenting oxygen from you than Iggy does. Mm-hmm. She's a big day, you know? She is a big day. She's a big day. She's STBH. She's STBH. She's a lot. She's all the things we say about women who are here, you know? And she will feel, even though she's all those things and confident and all that, she is going to feel the little tiny nuanced micro facial expressions energy from you that she's annoying and Iggy isn't. She's going to feel it. And she is going to internalize that as I'm not as good as Iggy or I don't have as much attention from my parents as Iggy or Iggy gets all this and it must look so effortless, you know, because he's just like, hey, and she's like, I'm doing all this shit. I'm doing cartwheels and tap dances and I'm just annoying you more. And then she doubles down and it's more. But anyway, the point is I would imagine there's a root cause of her feeling like she needs to get more attention. Mm. Is there a way you can just sort of volunteer some more attention to her to get a jump on it? Or are you like, no, she gets get your place. so much attention, so very much, <laughs> very much that attention. I have to overcompensate a little bit with eggs. And on the annoying quality front, mm. she definitely annoys me. But do you know who annoys the shit out of her? Is her brother. Yeah. Because while we give a lot of credit to Iggy being this sweet little genteel guy, he can also be that jerk brother. Oh, the annoying little shit brother. she's 100%. built an epic yeah. castle out of Duplo and he kicks it right over. Yeah. And then her crying makes him laugh. You know, there's that side as well. And it's exhausting to parent. Yeah. It's like, can everyone just go to their own room? But in that scenario, it feels very black and white to me where I'm like, Iggy, not okay. Yeah. Would you like it if you worked on something? Rafa's been working really hard on this. Find something else to play. You know, like that's really easy. Mm. But the jealousy thing feels very layered. And Mm. she has straight up said to me multiple times, you like Iggy more than me. There you go. Okay, I know that that's really overt and obvious. Yeah. But I am consistent with my response every single time, which is I love you both exactly the same. Yeah. I treat you both exactly the same. Here is Jem yet again asking the universe to allow her parenting consistency to finally have an effect. (laughs) As she once famously said on this podcast, we've had this chat. (laughs) Why are we going over this again? Because they're four and five. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, your consistent answer will sink in one day. I know. But there must be some core base animal thing we have in our tribe to make sure, well, there is, we have our parents love because it's a safety thing. Mm. You know, like when we were in caves, we had to be loved, otherwise we'd be less protected against the wolves or whatever. Yeah, and that whole toddlers looking like adorable cartoon characters is by design so we don't toss them out the window. And the littlest one is the cutest one. Yeah, see, this is your personal shadow work coming out here (laughs) about your... Yes, because your little sister was littler and cuter. When she was two, you were nearly five, you know, so they were like... Cute little and two year olds are cuter. And you know what's they annoying? Just fucking five year olds. Annoying. Yeah. Especially ones who are like, I want a needle. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> annoying. Yeah. But yeah. Breath is quite like you, actually. <laughs> That's, I have, like, I get it. Like, I'm not going to defend her right to have a t- stage 20 meltdown over not getting a needle. That's annoying kid shit. And mm. like, it's the lol. 
But I also have empathy for the core feeling in there, which is like, oh, it's all about him again, (laughs) which of course isn't true. But but that's her truth. But it bothers me because why can't she have the self-awareness? Because she's five. No, (laughs) unacceptable. Of all the moments when it's all about her. And yeah, yeah, Iggy, yeah. in his personality, is like, go Rafa. You know, like when it's her birthday, mm-hmm. he's very like, it's Rafa's birthday. Yeah. Like he's just so generous in his spirit towards yep. someone else getting all the attention. Mm-hmm. And Rafa struggles with it. You can be generous in spirit towards other people when you just naturally are getting all that easy love and attention all the time. Mm. It's easy to be generous. When you feel like you're grabbing for it, it's not as easy to be generous. Is all I'm saying. Just a moment for the firstborns. I feel like you're reparenting yourself (laughs) through our chats about parenting Rafa. Is this your traumas coming out? It's interesting. I I don't want it to sound like epic trauma, but there is something about a firstborn and there has been a lot written lately about the firstborn girl as well. Mm. It is a particular role in the family that people expect a lot of maturity ahead of time. Like you're like, why can't she just accept that she gets her times? It's like she's five and she's still working out her social dynamic intelligence. And do you know what the added layer is with Raph as well that I guess has led me to this point where she is craving more attention is because she's so fiercely independent and capable Mm. that you know we talked about in the podcast last week as well about parenting to your kids needs yeah there is definitely a degree of me within all of this where I'm like oh she's fine yeah you know, she can handle herself. Yeah. She's fucking resilient. Yeah. And maybe I do forget that she is just five because she presents like a fucking 15-year-old. 100%. Whereas Iggy... Which we uh, expect of our firstborns. We do. We expect them to grow up quicker and just like, come on, I can't deal with you. I'm dealing with the little one. You know, it is a real thing. I'm not saying I've like done it any differently in my setup, you know, mm. like... Isla has had, I do expect way more from her and I do want her to just like get things and handle things and, you know. Yeah, but you do consciously as a parent work hard to make sure that the scales are balanced. Yes, and I've seen you doing that. I do. Where Iggy is a little bit like Teddy. They're quite similar in that they are our second born boys and they lean into the baby. Yeah. They like it. They want to be mummed and Mm -hmm. that's fine. We can meet them at their needs level for certain things. Uh But then there are things that they can't get away with like weaponized incompetence. (laughs) <laughs> totally or chores you yeah. know like you always talk about not letting Isla lean into those female cliches mm-hmm. of laying the table mm-hmm. it's like you kind of delegate that chore to Teddy which I think is brilliant yeah but you have to work a bit harder right because the instinct is to well Isla's just handling it and I think there's a bit of that happening with Raph where I assume she's going to be cool but I did not expect her to lose her shit over Iggy getting a needle. Yeah, I definitely do have eyes on it because when I'm with my sister and my cousin Mm. and we hang out a lot in a big family dynamic and they are the youngest, my sister's the youngest, and my cousin is an only child. And I see it in them too. They're firstborns. It's annoying. Do you know what I mean? Like it's grating and they're like, ah. You know, mm. Tommy, Frankie, and I feel an affinity and an, a deeper empathy to them. for Frankie yeah. and Tommy as first ones to the point where we have firstborns club. <laughs> the four of us, me, those two, and Isla. Oh my god! And we're like firstborns club, and every time, and I'm not like God. I'm not for a second offering real advice here. This is an armchair theory, but just a little anecdote. When we were away on holiday recently as that big family and, you know, Tommy would kick off about something because he was feeling there was a lot of attention on little Max. Mm. We've previously talked about why. And he would like, then I would see him trying to get a bit of attention and, you know. Tommy. Yeah. And like a four-year-old boy's way of getting attention is ultimately going to be something annoying. I did note if I just wink at him and go like firstborns club or like give him a little like, I get it, mate. Like we're all focusing a lot on Max. He chills a bit. Mm. He calms down a little bit. I've tried to really unsubscribe from a lot of parenting content Mm -hmm. that I get served, but I do, you do see this from experts all the time. Like if your kid is kicking off in a way that is absolutely sending you crazy, it's a clue to something else. Mm. And it's usually if they need attention, they haven't had enough time with you. They haven't had 
enough one-on-one quiet yeah, they're, connection. They're, they're acting out because they're seeking connection. They've got a deficit that yeah. needs looking at. Yeah. So what could that be? For, I mean, she's just started school mm. five seconds ago. It's a huge transition. And even though she's so, so capable and strong and independent and all those things we could only wish for all our kids – like she's still only five. Mm. She's still going through this huge milestone. A stage 20 meltdown at this point kind of makes sense. Babe, we've had many a meltdown post-school. Everyone warned me about it and I have witnessed it now firsthand and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing, a real thing. And I know that there are some friends I've spoken to who also have their firstborns experiencing school for the first time who have said, oh, we've had an okay first week. I'm Mm. like almost waiting in anticipation for them to absolutely lose their shit Mm. and it's coming in week two yeah rather than week one because the novelty now is starting to wear off and the realization of oh this is a every day day a week thing yeah brace for week six is all i'm gonna say (laughs) on parenting philosophies and what you say the experts say about acting out being a clue for stuff yeah I guess I wanted to bring up like gentle parenting and one of the things like I'm not an advocate for gentle parenting at all, but my favourite takeaway is that the sentiment of just validating their feelings for a second. Yes. Like I've had to try and explain this to my hubs because he doesn't really get fed parenting advice or information at all in any of his algorithms. It's always surfing and hot chicks in bikinis. (laughs) Good for him. Must be nice. (laughs) Imagine that's your experience. He was like, parenting is a fucking breeze. I'm just going to sit down and look at my hot chicks. Oh, it's great. Or he watches uh, kook slams, you know, like people fucking themselves. It's real escapism. Sometimes I want to jump into his feed yeah. and just get washed with all of that. I'm sure he doesn't want to jump into your lying awake at night wondering what to do about Rafa's jealousy. But anyway. Yeah, so you have to talk him through it. Yeah, so I explained to Hubs, for example, like the most basic adjustment is if one of our kids falls over and hurts themselves instead of saying, you're okay, you're Mm. fine, you're Mm. okay, which was one of his tactics, is to change it to are you okay? And I just said to Hubs really casually, hey, can we just switch that to are you okay instead of you're okay? What a huge difference. Yes, and it made an enormous difference because it de-escalated things much quicker because he felt seen and his feelings were validated rather than quashed, you know? Like imagine being told you're okay. You're fine. When you're not. Yes. Okay. And I hazard to say this was not something that was modelled to us a lot by Mm. the boomers, which makes a lot of sense because their parents went to war. Yes. And so if you fall over and scrape your knee, you are okay compared to, you know, going into Africa, into the literal trenches. Yes. So I get it. But, yeah, we weren't validated a lot. No. In fact, we were told on loop because I said so. You know, and you just like, you deal with it. Mm. I've said so. End of conversation. Totally. Like I remember getting immunizations as a kid and my mum is a gentle parent in inverted commas. Incredibly loving and soft person. She didn't parent as a verb at that time, but she would say like, it's just part of life. That's just what we do. Mm -hmm. Not She never said suck it up, but she's like, this is the way things are. And you have to get your immunizations. This is a non-negotiable for me Mm. as a parent. End of. But with Iggy, I even just me saying hey buddy mommy doesn't like needles either Mm. and he would look at me like oh Oh. you don't like them either so Mm. it's okay for me to not like them too but yet you do them too yeah there's nothing wrong with me Mm. that I'm scared of this Mm. yeah it's okay to be scared yeah and you will survive it you'll come through it and yeah it'll hurt but like you'll be okay he was on the verge of his feelings being escalated because I could see the anxiety building. Mm. Now, if I just kept saying, it's fine, it's fine. It's no Raff- big deal. Because Rafa was making it not a big deal, which yeah. I will say was helpful, helpful. Yeah, you know, to have positive energy. Imagine a sibling being like, it's really fucked. You're going <laughs> to hate it. It's going to hurt like a Scariest mofo. Scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, right? Not so productive. So I appreciated Rafa's approach, but then I kind of reinforced it with, I see you. It is scary. Mummy has a needle phone. I don't want to transfer that phobia to you, but you're okay. And he was fine. Yeah. Okay. All Mm. right. It's funny. I had like the next stage version of that literally this morning. Oh yeah. Where Isla's had a situation at school and she was anxious about going today because she 
thinks someone's dobbed on a group of them and she thinks she's going to have to face the music today. Oh. And she was like, I don't feel well. And like, mm. and, and I was like, hey, kiddo, avoiding this is not going to make it go away. It is only going to stretch it out. You have to go to school today and face the music. Otherwise, if you don't go today, when you go tomorrow, you'll have to face the music and you'll be sat down then. So it's better to go today. And yes, it's going to feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but this is, you just got to go through this. Yeah, you got to rip the bandaid off. The only way is through, kiddo. Yeah. Like you can't avoid discomfort. And was she okay with it? Well, no, she was still like, I don't want to, but I could see it's like a shoulders coming down. You know, mm. you can see them like... It's less anxiety in a knot up here and you see them relax a little bit in, yeah, just being a little bit understood. Yeah. Like it's not going to be perfect or easy or easy breezy, but it's something you kind of have to walk through and oh well, yeah. you know. And just like everything, the thinking of it it's is always worse. harder I said that than to the doing of it. I said that to her. I was like thinking about it now at home is going to be way worse than when you're actually at school going through it. And then think about the day after that. Yeah. You're free from you're done. this. It's, it's in your past. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I think probably people's fear of over-validating feelings or the jokes about gentle parenting are like, you're going to make them soft. Mm. Like, but I actually think it's the opposite. Mm. It's going like, no, no, no. Yeah. Shit happens. There's still the, an air of shit happens or suck it up, but it's like, it's just giving you a bit of an engine to be like, but you can handle it. Yeah. Shit happens, but you can handle yeah. it. I believe in you. You've got this it's kind of energy. It's funny how there can be a misinterpretation, yeah. right, of this whole, oh, they're soft. They're not going to be able to handle the world. They're not going to be resilient. It's bullshit. Yeah. You know, you just reminded me of last week's episode where we talked about needs being met mm. and how a lot of DLs said they had, oh, aha, uh -huh, light bulb moment, whatever yeah. you want to call it, about it's okay to meet your kids' needs differently because yeah. everyone's got a different set of needs and I said that's all I'm doing is meeting my kids needs now someone <laughs> misinterpreted that as I don't know how I feel about giving my kids whatever they want mm. and I was like no no that's not what I mean emotional needs by having my kids needs met it is a hundred percent emotional needs yeah it's not material needs <laughs> well they're not going to have a hundred percent of their emotional needs met either and that's also the world mm -hmm. but but the solution is not to remove all emotional needs no. being met it's like to try and meet as many as you can or to deny what their needs are in the first place 100%. which is what happens for example yeah. I, I keep coming back to this but like Iggy's need in that moment was to not face the needle. Yeah. I didn't meet that need. No. He still had to go through with it, but I met his emotional need of needing to be acknowledged that this is hard and uncomfortable. Yeah. That's the difference. Yes. Anyway, we're all out here doing our best. Aren't we just? <laughs> Can't wait to hear how we fuck up this generation. That'll be good dinner time. When our kids have a podcast, mm. <laughs> we'll hear all about it. But you know what I do love is the thought that when our kids become parents, yeah. which hopefully they will one day get to experience that, is they'll be modelling to their kids oh, what yeah. they've witnessed through us raising them. And doing better. They'll be upgrading the software and mm -hmm. making it even better because they'll know more by then. You know? GP. Yeah. Speaking of more. Oh, look at that little segue. That was good. That was radio style. I love it. Guys, we have a little bit of an announcement. There are a some, little bit of announcements. A big announcement. Let's own it for what it is. Yeah, this it, is huge. Yeah. There are some changes going on over here. At, we don't have time for this. We have decided 2024 is the year of the DLs. Yep. We are really trying to connect you to each other, connect you to us, connect you to the community, really listen to what you guys want from the community and the podcast. And be more intentional with how yes. we respond to what our DLs want. Yeah, because the coolest thing, hands down about this podcast is the DLs. Mm -hmm. The DLs are an amazing bunch. You're an amazing bunch of ladies and those couple of guys. So we are changing our subscription offering. Indeed we are. So what has always been called DNM is getting a little bit of a shake up. It is. It's getting a facelift. It's it getting a full rebrand, DLs. It is. 
It is no longer going to be called DNM. Before we get into this, I just want to say real quick, don't panic. DNM isn't going anywhere, as in the whole year and a half of episodes, the back catalogue, it's not going anywhere. You won't lose it. It will stay in the feed. But we are changing our subscription episodes to more, more time, time for, for this. this because we've been asking you and that is what you want from us. Yeah. We are not journalists. <laughs> no. And, and look, let's be clear for a second. Part of this major pivot is that Revs and I thought – Deep diving into one single topic for one full 45 to one hour length episode would be awesome. Yeah. But the reality is, and I think we touched on this in this episode, <laughs> is we do like our conversations to flow freely. Yeah. We do like to dart about. And what we were finding hard about DNM episode is Revs and I would naturally Want to move the conversation on. Yes, yeah. onto yeah. something else or something each other had mentioned sparked a thought for another whole conversation. Yeah. But then and we, we would shelve it. We would shelve it, but yeah. then we would also force ourselves mm. back on task. It's just not how our brains work, guys. It is not how our brains work. <laughs> and, and it's not what you guys want from us. No, it isn't. What our DLs want is more of Tuesday-style episodes yeah. in your feed. So that's what's happening. So DNM, the ones that have been done will remain there, but it will completely change. We're going to bring it forward to coming out on Thursday. Instead of Sunday. Because you're telling us you want us in your weekly routine. Yep. You will get another of our classic episode styles every second Thursday. And then by popular demand, once a month, we are starting. I'm really excited about this. Watch Party. Yeah, Which is like a book club, but for content. Mm -hmm. The things that we're all watching and consuming, it might be a documentary, it might be a Netflix thing, it might be a YouTube series, it could be a podcast, it could be anything. It could be anything, but it will be a thing that is collecting groundswell mm -hmm. and people are talking about it and you guys want to hear our opinions. Just like our Saltburn episode, which you all drank up. Or our Barbie episode or the time that we unpacked Bridgerton, yes, for example. I remember that. Yes. And there's a season three coming. We'll definitely put that on Watch Party. So basically, if you become a subscriber, you get two extra classic style episodes, a Watch Party and... and but wait, <laughs> there's, there's more. more. If you're a subscriber, you are automatically in the running every single month for presents. We are launching the Basic Bitch Bonus. Yep. It's going to be drawn once a month and it could be anything from an epic care package to a very sexy new vibrator, to some skincare, to clothes to jewelry it's basically just every single month we're doing a big giveaway of presents and if you're a subscriber you don't even have to do anything you are automatically in the running to win that guys this is open to all the dls across the globe it doesn't matter where you are if you're a dl and you're a subscriber you are part of the very best besties club mm -hmm. and you get all of that so it's all shaking up it's going to be a little bit cooler a little bit more exciting and just a little bit more us on gp and to launch this whole new version of us <laughs> with more time for this we're doing the biggest giveaway we've ever done we have ever done to kick it all off so our basic bitch bonus for the month of march is a golden ticket lunch it's a girl's lunch with revs and i with us and it's super intimate mm -hmm. there are six spaces up for grabs as revsy mentioned you don't have to do anything but you might just get a golden ticket in your email with an invitation to come to an intimate gals lunch with your besties, Revs and Gem. And six DLs. And it doesn't matter where you are. Nope. We're going to fly you out to us. Yep. We're going to put you up for the night and we're going to have a long girls Sunday lunch all together because we fucking love the DLs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need a ticket out of your life for one day. Yeah. <laughs> So if you are a subscriber already, you're in the running to win a golden ticket to the lunch. If you are not a subscriber, you can easily become one on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're an Android user or if that's your preference. Mm -hmm. It's super easy. There is a link in our Instagram bio and in the show notes for Spotify or Apple, depending on your preference. You can subscribe. It's $3.99 a month and you get all that. Dios, I am really excited Me to be too. in your ears three times a week. Yo! I'm just thinking of all the fun walks and commutes that we're going to be part of now for the besties. 
Well, Rebsy, now that we've done that enormous announcement, it's time to hit me with your not spot. Oh, I've got a really fun one and it's free. Go on then. It's a follow. Ooh, love a follow. Now, I know you're not a big consumer of beauty content. No. But is that because it's so obtuse and you don't like looking at it? What is it? I guess I'm particular about who. Yes, same. Yeah. Now, I have found someone. She's amazing. She's a Brit living in the States. She does makeup. Mm-hmm. Her name is Kate Jane Hughes. Love it. At Kate Jane Hughes. She actually has her own makeup line. But what she does for the internet yeah. is she she's in her 40s. So her face looks like mine. I was going to say that already is refreshing. And she does these makeup looks that are really creative and cool. Not too. They're not so creative that you would never wear them. Yeah, they're not like, like aspirational where it's like, I'm never going to do that. But no, I enjoy no. consuming this. It's fun. It's like, oh, I could totally wear that this Saturday night or to a 40th or whatever. Mm. She does lots and lots of very different looks, but she really talks you through how and why and why it's cool. It is so doable. Mm. She's just a really, really great follow. I love her creativity, but also that she like gives you these little hacks, like do your concealer last. Like last, last? Last, last. Like after blush last? After everything. It's amazing. Anyway, go follow her. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, dude. I was like, no, come on, Kate Jane Hughes. You're crazy. I'm skeppy Sally over here. She's right. It does really lift your whole complexion. Anyway, she's got lots of perlers like that and she makes content so regularly there's always it's my favorite new channel Mm. go follow her amazing hit me with your nuts look mine is something to spend money on (laughs) yeah great as long as one of us does it exactly (laughs) keep the economy going now i'm a hat girly now yeah you are more specifically i'm a cap girly yeah i'm really enjoying wearing caps i do the school run now yes Um, it's cap is essential it is essential hide the grease hide it all (laughs) active wear is always my preference yeah in dropping or picking up Rafa from school and throwing on a hat. So if anyone is looking for a cool cap. Always. (laughs) Yep. Attila Cubs has just launched a cap in collaboration with the Brickies wife. I've seen it. I love Coco's account so much. I've seen it. And uh, it's called the School Run Cap. I love it. And it literally says School School Run. Run. Yeah. But hear me out. Some people might be like, no, what? I'll never wear that. It's fucking cool. It's cool. There's like a cream one. (laughs) Pair it with your good mum t-shirt and the whole world knows what you feel. (laughs) (laughs) But it says School Run in a really nice orangey retro red Mm -hmm. colour. And then there's a brown cap version as well. I am obsessed. Yeah, it's very cool. So if that's your vibe... School run mum cap. Yep. Do yourself a solid. Check it out at Attila Cubs in collaboration with the Bricky's wife. I feel like caps, like dad caps specifically, mm. they're like, you can never have too many. No, but you want variety in colours. Yeah, for different fits. Yes, and different but, moods. But see, this makes me want to launch a cap. Okay, let's launch like a cap. A potty cap. <laughs> potty you know? caps. We've done T-shirt merch, but we've never done caps. I'm oh, really into oh. them and I feel like we could do it well. Great. You know? Yep, let's do it. It's all about the shape. <laughs> it's all about the shape. All right, that brings us to the end of another Tuesday episode. Oh, my God, I'm so excited about more time for this. Me like too. The thought of you and I getting to talk more shit <laughs> but in an unbridled form fashion warms my heart yeah. it's gonna be fun guys hope you have a wonderful week we'll be back in your ears bright and early on friday morning with a bestie hotline bring bring see you then Bye-bye. bye bye